Hi-ho! What did you just call me? Welcome to Keys to the Podcastle with Austin and Luke, where we discuss every Disney animated movie ever. Pretty much. Join us for a fun look at the classics, the not-so-classics, and the not-so-classic sequels and remakes to the classics every Wednesday. did that okay <laughs> hi there and welcome to the keys to the podcastle podcast with me luke and austin it's me your your resident dwarf studies major austin howitt wow yeah what are you planning on doing with that degree i'm going to explore my dwarf heritage i am 13 percent dwarf on my uh, father's side and i'm just hoping to you know get in get in touch with my past you know my, my family history Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm gonna study abroad to uh, the ruins of Ark Vanderfell, where we mined for ores. <laughs> I see. Now, is this a <laughs> yeah. Bachelor of Arts or like a postgraduate certificate program? This it's a it's a Bachelor of Arts. Okay, get the full yeah, four years. Mm-hmm. Got to take the Gen Ed classes. Yeah, yeah. No, taking taking math is not uh, really conducive to dwarven studies, but you gotta do what you gotta do, I guess. Mm-hmm. I hear it's a very competitive program. It is very very competitive. Yeah, they're really hard to get into. What what school are you going to for it? Uh, I'm going to a DSU, it's a Dwarf State University. I see. It's actually founded here in Florida. Uh, many people don't realize that dwarves, while mountainous, also had a tropical side. Right. Mm-hmm. They're like snowbirds. They spend half of the year in the mountains, and then mm-hmm. in the wintertime, they come down here. That's right. Yeah, exactly. It's it's, uh, so we watched Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. <laughs> <laughs> If you didn't pick up on that, that's what we watched. Yeah. Um, I have some background information on the Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs I'd like to share, if that's okay, Austin. Share it. Yes. Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs is a cinematic milestone, Austin. Yes. Because it is the first full-length cell animated feature film and the first Disney animated feature film. And everything that followed from the Disney company was built on the foundation of this movie. Wow. Yeah, so interesting. It was released at the end of 1937 after production started in early 1934. Mm-hmm. It was directed by a handful of people. David Hand was the supervisor, William Cottrell, Wilfred Jackson, Larry Morey, Perce Pierce, and Ben Sharpstein, and it was produced by Walt Disney. Wow. Mm-hmm. The songs are written by Frank Churchill, Larry Morey, and Lee Harline. Harleen? Harline. I'm, I'm, sure, I'm sure he's not offended. I'm sure he's not alive. Exactly. I think he died in the 60s. Probably. Mm -hmm. So yeah, Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. Oddly, like, misogynistic. It is, yeah. Very much so. Yeah. (laughs) Especially Grumpy. Mm -hmm. Good old Grumpy. I wrote down at one point, I vibe with Grumpy's attitude, just not the whole misogyny thing. Yeah. Yeah, I kind of felt that. But I feel like this is about what it felt like whenever um, Grumpy said one of those things in the 30s. He was like, women, am I right? And then they were like... <laughs> you just like had the sound effects just in your back pocket yeah i've had this soundboard for like two days i've been ready <laughs> you've been so ready, ready for to use it i have oh i really only had the laugh track planned and something for a later segment that's so funny <laughs> <laughs> that, that's 
Live Foley. Live Foley. I love that. Okay, um, more background information on Snow White. <laughs> um, it was originally thought the budget would be $250,000, but it actually ended up costing $1.49 million. Wow. Which is equivalent to about $27 million in today's monies. Disney actually had to take out a mortgage on his house to help cover it. The movie industry referred to the film as Disney's folly because they thought it was a stupid idea. And his brother Roy and his wife Lillian actually tried to talk him out of producing it. Wow. Uh-huh. <laughs> How wrong they were. <laughs> and now they own all of media. Everything that has ever been released, they own except for Batman. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. maybe maybe someday. Yeah, honestly. Batman, Harry Potter, and Fast and the Furious. That's it. And James and Bond. And Tunes. That's it. That's it. It truly is a kingdom. It is. It's Although I feel like it's more of an empire <laughs> now. Honestly. Just a universe. Yeah. Like, this is like the media equivalent of Alexander the Great. <laughs> So, Austin, the burning yes. question that's on everyone's minds. Mm-hmm. Is Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs good? Is Three, good? two, one. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Give it like a, like a, like a, like a it's fine. Okay. Well, this is fun. I like something yeah. more than you now. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay, cool. Do you want to just like get into it? Yeah, let's get into it. Do you want to start with characters? Yes. Okay, go ahead. Talk about some characters. So all the characters I thought were... I I liked the characters, actually. I liked them a lot. Mm -hmm. I thought the dwarves were really nice and distinguishable between each other. And I thought thought giving them names and traits was a really cool idea that Disney had instead of just making them seven random dwarves. Right. I have some fun facts about that. Oh, go for it. Disney actually hadn't settled on the names of the dwarves until they were within about a year of the release. Mm-hmm. He had a full list of like options for the dwarves' names. Other mm-hmm. options include Hoppy, Dirty, Cranky, Hungry, Thrifty, Shifty, Snoopy, before Charles Schultz introduced Snoopy, Goopy, Sappy, Flabby, Hotsy, Puffy, Strutty, Biggie, Biggie Wiggy, Big O Ego, Chesty, Jumpy, and many more. That's a lot. It is a lot, and I didn't include all of them. That's about a quarter of them. Wow. I thought Biggie, Biggie, Wiggy, and Biggie, Wiggy, and Big O, Ego Those were are interesting. Great. I like Shifty. Shifty. I like the idea of, like, a Shifty dwarf. <laughs> like, he's not very trustworthy. He's not super helpful. He's just, he's a little Shifty. A little Shifty. So, yeah. But, um, and Snow White was a solid character for being, like, the first of that kind. Like, she had, like, solid character traits, which was nice. Like, she... Yeah, she was perfect. Um, yeah, she was. She was. She really was. There was nothing wrong with Snow White. I guess, the only... The weird thing, I guess, character design-wise, is that I feel like all the humanoid characters, except for the dwarves, don't look like Disney. Don't look like they have that Disney style, I guess, to them. I Which agree. isn't a bad thing. It just, I when I was watching it, I just kind of felt like Snow White was like from a totally different movie, and the dwarves. I was like, "Oh, that's a Disney movie." Yeah, no, I agree. The Snow White and the Prince looked like they were in a different movie than the dwarf and the old lady. Mm-hmm. There were not very many characters in it. There are about there are seven dwarfs: Snow White, the Huntsman, the Evil Queen, and the Prince. It's eleven plus all the animals that were always there. Yeah, I'd get I'd I'd make the turtle a character. I love the turtle. <laughs> The amount of times I wrote down turtle in my notes. Let me read my turtle notes. This poor turtle. This turtle, I can't. Oh, the mirror. Yeah, a dozen. (laughs) Um, The mirror boy sounded bored. (laughs) The mirror sounded bored? To me, at least, yeah. Like he was just 
over it. I mean, I don't blame him. He's getting asked every day if she's the prettiest. I guess, yeah. Hey, Mira, am I the prettiest? And he was like, yes. yes. Sure. (laughs) Until one day, he says, no. I also wrote, this turtle climbing the stairs, I can't. This poor turtle. So happy turtle. Yeah, he was pretty happy all things considered, being like being like late to the party and everything, but he never like felt left out. The animals didn't like make fun of him for it. I know it's so kind of those animals. I love the turtle. The turtle was my favorite character. <laughs> also, Bashful needs to get a hold on himself. Yeah. Bashful wasn't shy. He was just creepy. Yeah. Because he wasn't talking about anything else, like talking to any other dwarves. He was only shy when it came to Snow White. And he's like, oh, I'm so shy. I can't. Man. And he blushed. And then he did this thing with his beard. Or he wrapped himself up in his beard. (laughs) And it was just creepy. Like, you have a lawsuit coming your way, Bashful. (laughs) Bashful Weinstein. I think... (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) I think my favorite dwarf was... Uh, Doc. Really? Yeah. Do you like how he like, couldn't talk? Yes. But it's also because I, for one, I have a difficult time speaking. And, uh, and two, um, I also uh, like just making words sound different than they did before. And that was mm-hmm. basically his entire shtick. Mm-hmm. Like when he was trying to say um, nook and cranny, I wrote down, he said, cook and nanny, hook and granny, and crooked fanny. Um, <laughs> and I, and I love that. That's funny. Happy, sneezy, and sleepy didn't have anything to do. Mm-mm. And honestly, Happy wasn't that happy. He'd like laugh and then he'd punch Dopey in the face. Yeah. And Sneezy had like this godlike wind power from his I know. <laughs> I loved when he sneezed when they were in the um the tower with Dopey on the top when they were dancing with Snow White and it just shot Dopey out of the top. <laughs> yeah. I don't know who my favorite dwarf is. I think even though I think he's creepy, Bashful's my favorite. He's a good one. I most relate to Sleepy. Yeah. Yeah, Sleepy was... I felt that. Mm -hmm. He was Sleepy. Yeah, let's talk about Snow White for a second. Yeah. The actual character, you know, the title character, the Snow White and the Seven Mm -hmm. Dwarfs. Yes. She (laughs) uh, bores me. Yeah. She had a very specific I want song. Yes. You know how all the characters have their I want song. Mm Mm-hmm. She literally just said, I want, I'm wishing for the one I love. She literally just said, I want this thing today. And the prince came in and was like, I want it too. Yeah. They met so fast. That was (laughs) the thing with this movie is that everything happened so quickly and then nothing happened. And then everything happened so quickly again. Yeah. No, that's the thing. I I was talking to my, uh, my grandma about this. Everything you know about Snow White happens in like the last 15 minutes and the first 10 minutes. (laughs) Yeah, and the rest of it is just the dwarves running around. Yeah. <laughs> and Snow White clapping like a derpy person. Like, eh, yeah. Eh. Which, in the 30s, I'm sure they didn't have many other options. No, I'm sure they didn't. I'm, because, I'm not judging it. Yeah, for you young folks out there, uh, Netflix wasn't around in the 1930s. They didn't have Hulu or YouTube. Austin, you're 24. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god! Yeah, Snow White. Yeah, she's uh, she's kind of she's a she's kind of a boring character. Like you said, she's perfect. There's like no character flaw, mm-hmm. aside from, I guess she's not super aware. 
No, she's not. And you know what drives me crazy? Is that she's like, I'm wishing for the one I love to find me today. And then the prince shows up and then she's like, oh my God, no. And then runs inside. (laughs) I can't do this. This isn't what I wanted. Bitch, you just sang about it. (laughs) I think she was just being shy. (sighs) It's annoying. Okay, (laughs) but she's shy, but she just let herself into this random house. Yeah. Oh, I did have a, fu- a funny line from her that I liked. Oh, where, where is it? I swear I wrote this down. Oh, yeah. When they're, like, at the edge of <laughs> the, end, the foot of her bed, she just, wakes, she, she just wakes up and she goes, you're little men. I don't know why I just thought you that You thought that was, was funny. funny? Yeah, I don't know why, but I think, I don't know. I just thought that was, <laughs> I just thought that was funny because the whole time she's like, they're kids. And then she's like, oh, no, you're just a very short man. I thought it was interesting how when she thought they were kids... She grabbed the sheet and covered her chest up. She was like, oh, no, children are here. And then she realized that they were, oh, you're just seven little men. And then she drops the blanket. Not that there was anything to hide because she was fully clothed to begin with. But, like, she was more relaxed about the being seven <laughs> short old men I know. than she was about them being seven children. I, it was very interesting to me. Yeah. All right, let's talk about a weird character, the Huntsman. Yeah. Wow. Uh, he uh, he is sent to kill Snow White, and then he doesn't because he feels bad. Mm-hmm. And then we don't see him again. No. Nope. All right, moving on. So the prince. <laughs> <laughs> so the prince. There's about the same amount to say about him. Yeah. He comes in singing like that in a like just typical 30s dude voice. I know. Um, uh, it's like, I want love. And the queen's like, no, he can't love her. But like, she's not actively pursuing the prince either. I don't think the queen was upset over that. The queen was upset that Snow White was fairer than her. That's what she was already upset about. And then clearly this dude comes in and thinks that as well. So that was, she's got to go. I was just like, got it. I think she decided before she even saw the prince in the courtyard that Snow White had to go. Because she basically sure. already regulated her to be your slave. So it's one step further yeah. into that, which we didn't see any of, by the way. We didn't see her being a slave. We never saw the evil queen and Snow White interact, which I would have yeah. liked to have. But then my, it might have been more akin to Cinderella. Yeah. So yeah, the prince uh, does that. And then he's just not in the story until the very end when he just happens to hear about Snow White yeah. being in a coffin. <laughs> he's just like, oh, I hear that this girl I saw like months ago is now asleep in the woods. I guess I'll go see what that's about. Or she's dead in the woods. She's lost in the woods. <laughs> she's dead in the woods. Uh, all right, let's talk about the evil queen now. Great. She evil. She is evil. I didn't realize how violent this movie was. They did a really good job of concealing the violence, but I didn't realize how violent it was, how like outwardly... I want you to go kill her and bring her, bring me back her heart. Yeah, and then I was, I was kind of worried for a second when she first takes the box to like see if the heart's in there. Mm-hmm. I was like, are they about to show like a heart? Are they going to like a cartoon heart? They didn't. It was just the box. But you don't even need to show it because you know it's in there. Yeah. And honestly, it lets your mind wander about what's in there, and yeah. you can make it even worse than it probably would be anyway. Just like they didn't show Snow White dying. In the camera, camera in quotes, was on the witch while she was falling. And then you just see the hand hit the ground. And just like you, you see the witch falling off 
of the cliff and then the rock falling on the witch rather than seeing her hit the ground and then the rock hitting her. Which that was brutal. I know. No, and then the vultures eat her. Yeah, and the vultures are like foreshadowing that whole thing for a solid while. There was one animation thing with the queen that I thought was cool. It's when she was walking down to her lab, like her cape like swung around her. I wrote that down too. I thought that was awesome. It was really cool. Yeah, it was really cool. She's very scary. She's very evil. I don't really understand her motivations other than the fact that she doesn't want anybody to be pretty fairer than her, not prettier, fairer. It was the 30s, Luke. What else did women have to worry about? I don't know, but I just, I feel like other villains... That was a joke, by the way. (laughs) (laughs) Like to... (laughs) Just in case it gets brought up to haunt you in your future. Yeah, just in case, you know, when I'm running for office some you know for governor uh they don't bring that up out of nowhere well you said women in their 30s only cared about if people were fairer than the other (laughs) Uh, um uh in the context of discussing a disney movie so (laughs) i think you're okay (laughs) do you know what i said said, oh you didn't understand her motivation oh yeah no i didn't understand her motivation because other villains in the same time period have a better motivation like i feel like the stepmother's motivation's good and cindyella yeah. mm-hmm. but i don't know how further along that is in terms of years oh no it's like 15 years later never mind <laughs> they're just wor- they're working out the kinks here yeah and i'm sure they also had like time con- time constraints with like resources they could use such as like people's voices and maybe animation mm-hmm um, but also, like, the original Snow White story isn't that much deeper either. No, it's not. It's, I mean, but that's all fairy tales. They're not that deep. They don't go deep into the story. It's kind of like, this thing happens, this thing happens, lesson. Yeah, true. They're very much like an Aesop Fables situation. Mm-hmm. I, have, I have my little my little book of fairy tales on my bookshelf. <laughs> Speaking of fairy tales, Austin, you said that you wanted to play a game with me. We can, yes, this is I an do. interesting segue before we talk about the story of the movie. Yeah, so as I mentioned before, Snow White, as as are many other uh, Disney movies, are based off of original fables, often the Grimm's Brothers fairy tales. Uh-huh. So I found some, it's a multiple choice uh, questions I'm going to give you. <laughs> Great. I love um, being back at school. Yeah, so I'm going to give you, base, I'm going to basically give you a question about the story the original story, uh-huh. and you're just going to try and guess the correct answer. So, Alrighty. first question. So the evil queen tries to poison Snow White three times. Uh, the first time she poisons her, sort of, she kind of puts her to sleep. She gives her a laced bodice and ties it really tightly, and she basically just, like, suffocates, I guess. Mm-hmm. But then the dwarves untie it, and she's fine. Finally, she gives her the apple. Which one of these is the second way that Snow White was poisoned or attempted to be killed? A, a poison comb. B, a poison drink. C, a poison shoe. Or D, the secret eighth dwarf assassinate who <laughs> fails to assassinate Snow White due to Snow White having learned to <laughs> <and Nashville>. be <laughs> Yeah, I couldn't think of a good <laughs> dwarf name. I mean, Killy. well, I mean, they couldn't think of one. Yeah, they, they couldn't, couldn't think of a better one. No. What was the full thing again? So he's sorry. A poison comb, a poison drink, a poison shoe, or um, an assassin dwarf. 
What, what was your full statement? The secret eighth dwarf assassinate who fails to assassinate Snow White due to Snow White having learned judo from Bashful. I want that to be the answer, <laughs> but I know it's a it's a poison comb. That's correct. Yes. Yeah, I did know that. It like gets stuck in her hair, and then they just pull it out of her hair, and then she's fine again. Yeah, the witch isn't very good at the first two attempts. (laughs) I did direct the Brothers Grimm Spectaculathon in college. Oh, it's true. I did. My senior year of college, I I directed the Brothers Grimm Spectaculathon, which is a play by Don Zelitis, which is a mashup of all of the original fairy tales, and it's um, a parody of them. So I do have, like, a general knowledge of the original fables because of that. Well, let's see if I can stump you in these next few. Okay, bring it on. Snow White is seven when the Huntsman is sent to kill her. How does Snow White respond when the Huntsman reveals her stepmother's plan? A. How could my stepmother do this? B. Dear Huntsman, thank you for sparing my life. I am forever in your debt. Mm-hmm. C. Where I'm a baby. <laughs> or D. Spare me this mockery of justice. I will run away into the forest and never come home again. Where I'm a baby. I didn't know it was seven. She was seven in mm-hmm. the story. Well, that's interesting. I don't think she'd be surprised because people aren't surprised about things, especially perfect people. They wouldn't be like, oh my God, what? They'd be mm-hmm. more grateful for the huntsman for sparing her life and as opposed to angry at him for maybe killing her. So I'm going to go mm-hmm. with the second answer. It is actually D, spare me this mockery of justice. I will run away into the forest and never come home again. Really? Yeah. Good for her. Yeah. Good for seven-year-old Snow funny. White. <laughs> I don't think that's funny, seven-year-old saying, spare me this mockery of justice. I mean, it is mockery of justice. It's not real justice. It is. Yeah, you're right. Good for Snow White. I wish yeah. the Snow White in this movie had the same agency <laughs> of the seven-year-old Snow White from the original fable. <laughs> She's nice, kind of like, oh, oh, I'll run. And then she like does this like weird thing with her arms. She's like, oh. Yeah. And then and she, she stumbles through the forest for 10 minutes. Just stumbles through the forest for 10 minutes. Gets rescued by a bunch of woodland creatures, sings a song that I have never heard of before, and goes into a house and cleans it. All right, next question. Okay. The evil queen comes back later to interrupt the wedding of Prince Charming and Snow White. What does the prince do after capturing the evil queen? A, locks her in a dungeon. B, she gets sent to a town called Storybrooke where she becomes the mayor. C, makes her wear red hot iron slippers and dancing them until she dies. Or D takes her magic away, turning her into the old crone that she was when she was disguised to try and kill Snow White. I mean, it depends on what canon you're in. (laughs) Which universe? (laughs) I'm going to go with the red heart hot things because I don't think you'd make that up. That's true. Yes. Okay. Yeah. He, um, she goes to interrupt their wedding one last time and then he captures her and is like, wear these red hot slippers and dance until you die. Jeez. That's kind of cruel. Yeah, <laughs> it, it kind of comes out of nowhere the way the prince has been, I guess. But maybe he's just really upset about the whole situation. I guess All the right. prince would be pro-death penalty. He probably is, mm-hmm. yeah. Like, he's one of those pro-death penalty people who wants to sit and watch, you know? Yeah, when you're, and you're kind of like, this seems to be more like of a problem that you're dealing with more than right. uh, a political issue. All right, our final question. Oh, I'm so excited. How was Snow White awoken from her coma? A... True love's kiss. Mm-hmm. B, the prince's servant trips and knocks the apple out of her throat. C, the dwarves' tears wake her. Or D, the animals bring her back to life with the magic of love. <laughs> <laughs> with the magic of l- love. 
Yeah. I want it to be the dwarves waking her with her tears because I feel like that will be the most satisfying ending. Mm-hmm. Because those are the people, dwarves, that she has a relationship with. Mm-hmm. Do I think it's something stupid like the servant just knocking the apple out of her throat? Yeah. That is correct. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, the prince, so freaking stupid. Yeah. <laughs> the prince finds finds Snow White uh, go off with the wilderness and he goes to bring her back to the kingdom. And while they're transporting her coffin, the, his servant just trips and it knocks the apple out of her throat and she wakes up. I'm but- shaking my head no right now. I'm realizing this is not a visual medium. I am slowly shaking my head from left to right to show <laughs> that I am not a fan of this. <laughs> I know what, Austin? I like this segment. Thank you. I'm a big fan of this segment. Thanks. It was a lot of fun making up uh, these answers. Yeah. Can uh, we continue but, doing this segment? Yeah, I think so. Especially the ones that have like these original stories. Yeah. And I can um, make a little a theme lot of, song for the segment. Yeah. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> yeah. Cause a lot of them have done stuff like the, the prince's servant trips and knocks the apple out of her throat. I what actually if- had like a note on when you said like it would, it would be more emotionally like impactful if the dwarves woke her up. Mm-hmm. Um, because you're right. They have, they spent the whole time together mm-hmm. i wrote in a note and i said if this was like a different like a different movie like less disney and more like n- not avant-garde i guess more maybe more modern mm-hmm. she would have like she and grumpy would have like sl- like loki kind of fallen in love or had a respect for each other and then grumpy would have like kissed her awake or something like that if the movie was made in the last 10 years that would be how it ends yeah. or dopey or dopey yeah yeah it'd be grumpy or dopey but not bashful no <laughs> sorry <laughs> Uh, all right so let's talk about the story of the movie yeah even though we have talked or story and music of the movie because we haven't talked about that Mm -hmm. one thing that i thought was interesting is that this movie was just completely scored all the way through it it was like a 90 minute silly symphony it definitely shows like that all those silly symphonies and even like a lot of the mickey shorts were definitely just like tests for what they could do later because there were so many cool, like, synced up with the music uh, parts, especially during the cleaning of the house. That was Oh really my gosh, cool. yeah, that was awesome. So specifically about the songs, the first one is, I'm wishing for the one I love, that one. Mm-hmm. With her echoing well. That was so cute. It was. And I, and I love the shot from the well, from inside the well, looking up at her through the water in the well. I was mm-hmm. like, okay. That's awesome. That was some awesome cinematography for Disney's first movie. It reminded me of how cool it is in Cinderella, which I have seen a billion times, when she's cleaning the floors and she's singing Sing Sweet Nightingale and the bubbles are around her and like the reflection. Yeah. And all the bubbles. Like it was at that level for me, seeing that angle. Yeah, it was really cool. So the next songy bit is the with a smile and a song, which she sings to the woodland creature. (laughs) And I didn't know this song existed. (laughs) I've never seen this movie. Okay. I don't, I honestly don't think I've seen this movie either. Or if I did, I was a small child, but I recognized the song um, because I'm pretty sure I might've like grown up in some like daycare or something. Like I'd sung that song to get us to clean, I guess. Uh, Whistle While You Work? Oh, sorry. No, yeah, you're right. I'm thinking of Whistle While You Work. I'm thinking of a totally, yes, you're right. I have not heard Smile. Smile in a song. Yes. The the one where she's like just escaped the dark forest and and all the birdies and chipmunks are around her and she's like, and then they go to the, the little house. Disney cast me in the live action remake as Snow White. 
which is being made, by the way. It was supposed to start filming this year, but because of COVID, it got pushed back. That's a shame. Oh, no. Pasek <laughs> and Paul are writing this new songs for it. Oh, cool. They wrote the music for The Greatest Showman and then Broadway musicals like Christmas Story mm-hmm. and Dogfight and, and Dear Evan Hansen. And La La Land. They're very talented songwriters and a Christmas story. Did I say Christmas story? I think you did. Well, I'm saying it again because that yeah. show's so good. <laughs> it's not. <laughs> they have very talent. They're very talented at writing music. Whether yeah. whether what their music is in is good or not is yeah, not their fault. They're really good at writing songs for kids to sing. That's true. Like the the music that they write for a Christmas story for the kids is so good. A million dreams is so good. Mm-hmm. It's just it's impressive how they're able to write for kids' voices. Anyway, moving on to the actual movie. <laughs> So she sings this song to all these little woodland creatures and they're like, we'll find a place for you. We will, we will. They're not actually talking. I just like, I feel that energy from them. Yeah. And then she takes, they take her to this random little house in the forest and she's like, oh, it's such a cute little house. And then she stands on a bridge that is literally two inches wide and she runs to the house. She's like, oh, this door's so little. I just let myself in. And then she lets herself in and then they clean and then they whistle while they work. Mm-hmm. Is that the order? Yeah. She's like, she's like, that must be kids that, live here mm-hmm. uh her vibrato's insane yes <laughs> <laughs> yeah her running with all of her little woodland creatures the opening in the forest <laughs> to the house is hysterical to me she's like running like an army with her animals just like in lying the witch in the wardrobe yeah <laughs> and then she just lets all the animals in the house mm-hmm. and they random all house but she just lets them into this random house that she doesn't even, she's not even welcome in. And yeah. But beyond that, she's like, oh, come on, bull deer. She's letting <laughs> in deer. It's not just like a bird or two. It's deer. Yeah. It's like a step above Cinderella. I know. Like five steps above. A lot of steps above. She didn't have deer in her house. No. She was just friends with the mice that already lived there. And then the birds like chilled outside. Mm-hmm. She didn't let a horse into her bedroom. Also, all the animals cleaned and that was great. But the deer had like a weirdly prehensile tail. Obviously, they had to, <laughs> they had to let the deer clean somehow. But mm-hmm. I just thought it was so strange that the deer would like grab things with its tail. Did they? I didn't notice. Dust. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Weird. Because deer don't do that. <laughs> Why didn't they just use the tail to dust? I don't know. Or like use their antlers to like get cobwebs out of corners or something. Well, I don't think any of the deer had antlers. I think they were all like babies, um, babies or female deers. Mm. Dope. Well, they were all shorter than Snow White, so I think they were probably babies. Probably, yeah. I wrote down whistle while you work. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the rhythm. I did write down the rhythm of it is insane with them cleaning it. Mm-hmm. It gave me more appreciation for. The come my little friends as we all sing a happy little working song in Enchanted. Oh yeah. And I wrote down I'm going to get a cavity from how sweet this is. <laughs> yeah, that's true. It was it was very sweet. Both raccoons doing the laundry <laughs> in the <laughs> pond and the turtle doing the laundry on his little belly. It was so cute. That was a it was a very fun sequence. I really liked that yeah. whole like moment. It was one of my favorite parts. And then it cuts to the dwarves in the mine. So this part of the movie is the basis for the roller coaster, the Seven Dwarfs Mine Train in Disney World, mm-hmm. which is like one of my fave rides at Disney. It's so cool. Like it's so short, but you're in like a little mine train that goes back and forth. Like it rocks. Oh yeah. And so when you're going around a corner, you like go that way. Mm-hmm. And then you enter this dark cave and then you hear like the we dig 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 do and then the dwarves are all working and they have the animatronics on them are so cool and 
their faces, I think, are screens, but it doesn't look weird. So mm-hmm. it's not like a weird old Disney animatronic. It's like they're actually doing it. Oh, cool. Yeah, it's really cool. So I love that part. And I also wrote down there so many songs because there are. Yeah, I didn't expect there to be this many songs. And they're just kept new songs just kept happening and they were so consistent yeah like newer newer disney movies will have five songs six songs in them even the ones Mm -hmm. in the renaissance in the 90s i haven't watched sleeping beauty in a while but i watched it after i saw the first maleficent movie Mm -hmm. and there's not that much music in that either so i expected based on that that this would have like one or two songs maybe no it was a consistent music throughout the movie Mm -hmm. It was really cool. I really liked that. But I, in the documentary that I watched, by the way, I watched a documentary about the making of Snow White. <laughs> they were saying that Disney knew that music was going to be a huge part of it and a huge moneymaker for them. Because there was no home video at the time, the way that people could keep experiencing the movie over and over was through sheet music and records. So That makes sense. Yeah, they packed those things in there so they could sell them and continue to make a profit off of the movie in that way. That makes a lot of sense for the time because yeah, people didn't people just didn't take didn't have movies in their home. <laughs> yeah, no, I I not it's a great idea. Yeah. And it's weird to think back to a time when that wasn't an option because I mean I've grown up with VHSs and DVDs always mm-hmm. being an option and now everything that's ever been released by Disney's on a website. <laughs> yeah, it's <laughs> that crazy. you literally just pay five dollars, seven dollars a month to look at. Yeah. And DVDs used to be twenty five dollars. <laughs> and now you can buy like dollar DVDs. Um and then that goes into the um hi ho song where they're walking through the woods outside of the cave to back to home and mm-hmm. i love the sh- the projection of their shadows on the wall that was so cool and it reminded me a lot of like we're following the leader the leader the leader for peter mm-hmm. pan and all of the all the scenery they walked by was gorgeous <laughs> yeah <laughs> it was insane and the fact that they painted this movie one frame at a time ridiculous it's insane just i don't have that kind of patience now no i I don't (laughs) i do not oh also i figured out because i was watching it with with subtitles hi-ho is spelled h-e-i-g-h yeah Uh uh-ho i've been oh well i didn't um i thought it was h-i-h-o i thought that this whole time until like three days ago okay mm-hmm. so the way that snow white just like drops into the bed she, by the way she uses three beds for one bed because she's so mm-hmm. much bigger than the dwarves was so sultry she was like oh and then she just fell <laughs> into the bed she was tired she was tie tie <laughs> she claimed an entire dwarf house sneezy yes i wrote down that's a sir nose Bur- the burger sneeze if i've ever seen one i if you if you aren't familiar with Cerno's the Burger Rat, it is a play licensed by Pioneer Drama Company. They release plays that high schools can put on across America. Cerno's the Burger Rat is an adaptation of the famous play Cyrano de Bergerac by Edmond Rostand. But now it's Cerno's the Burger, the Burger Rat. Rat. It takes place in a mall, in the food court of a mall, that he is in charge, Cerno's the Burger Rat, is in charge of protecting. In this production, I played Professor McRonald's, <laughs> whose mission was to steal the secret sauce from the food court in order to make his own secret sauce. Cernos the Burger Rat had this nasty habit of sneezing everything away 
And that's basically the conclusion of the whole show is at the end of the show, I'm about to like freeze him with this magical milkshake thing. And he's like, no, no, I'm going to not do that. And then he sneezes me off the stage. And that's how the show ends. Cerno's the burger rat. So if you're looking for a play to do with your middle schoolers or your high schoolers, don't do uh, that one. Yeah, there are others. <laughs> there are so many other options. Maybe do something with educational merit. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'd rather do Frozen Junior. Anyway. <laughs> anyway. Um, oh, I had a note. They almost just like straight up murdered Snow White. Oh yeah, they had weapons. Like, <laughs> which like, to be fair, there was a strange creature in their beds. And the only reason they did not kill her is because they happened to pull the blanket off. If they had just chosen to not pull the blankets off and just like bludgeon this lump in their bed, mm-hmm. um, the movie would have ended. I like the line, which, which end do we kill? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know which side of her to kill. And they just like stare at her while she sleeps. That was mm-hmm. creepy. Bashful was like, because <laughs> Bashful's yeah. creepy. I loved Grumpy's line, I don't know, but I'm against him, is really funny to me. My notable Grumpy line uh, that I wrote down after meeting Snow White was all females is poison. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that one I just thought was funny. Uh, it was hysterical. <laughs> He's so against everything she says because she's a woman and she's wily and she'll trick them. Mm -hmm. And I love how they flipped out over gooseberry pie. Yeah. She was listing all of these things that she's going to cook them. And they're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then she said gooseberry pie. And they're like, oh my God, that's gooseberry pie. (laughs) And I don't know. I've never had a gooseberry before. I haven't either. Much less a gooseberry baked into a pie crust. Yes. So maybe if I had one, I would react the same way. Maybe you would. Maybe. And then I had an interesting thought about the dwarves. Yeah. So she says that her stepmother is the queen and the dwarves are aware of the queen. So like, are they, I wondered if the dwarves are like actively a part of like the society. Like, do they support the economy through the mining? Like, are like, do they follow like laws and they keep up with the royal family? That's a good question. Or like, do they like live, like they're aware politically, but they live off the grid? I see. That was something that I thought about when they mentioned that, like, they knew who the queen was. It's just because it seemed like they were so far into the forest that I felt like they wouldn't know anything about the worlds of the forest, but I guess maybe they do. I don't know. That's an interesting point, but we don't see any of the rest of the kingdom. We don't even know if there's people that she looks after. All we see is a castle on a hill. So the evil queen just might be chilling in this random castle. Yeah, like, she, maybe it's not, like, maybe not even a kingdom, maybe. She's just, like... She's the queen of her queen. own world. I guess. I wrote down, we love traditional gender roles. Sure do. It's no one's like, I'm going to cook for you and I'm going to clean for you. And you're men and you're dirty. So go wash up before you eat. (laughs) And they're like, I don't want to wash. And then there's this freaking song that I did not know existed that came out of nowhere. They're like, you got to wash yourself. You got to wash it. And you got to. Yeah, I hated it (laughs) with everything in me. (laughs) It's on the soundtrack. Is it? Yeah. Well, I guess it is. It has to be. It's it has to be. When he it's started, a sizable song. It's, a si- it's long. It's probably the longest song in the movie. <laughs> when he started rhyming, I was just mm-hmm. like, are they going to sing a song about <laughs> bathing? And they, they do. do. Like, this isn't Bear in the Big Blue House. 
we don't need this. Also, I was kind of on the dwarf side with all this. Like, why does she get to be the mother? They're literally letting her stay there for free. And she's like, you're too dirty. Get out of your house that you own that I let myself into. Yeah. And I, you know, honestly, and I kind of sympathize with them when they walked into their house and they're like, everything's clean. What the heck? Because yeah. I feel like when I was a kid, like I would have my mom, like she would clean my room, like, or some you know, along those lines, something along those lines. I'd walk in and I'd be like, where is everything? I know where everything is. All females are poison. <laughs> All females is poison. All females is poison. I'm, mm-hmm. I apologize, Grumpy. It's okay. I don't actually believe that. Uh, neither do I. Oh, my, the majority of my friends are female. Oh, Dopey is what I wrote oh, down. Dopey. It's poor Dopey. He's yeah, so, uh, you know, Dopey. Dopey doesn't have a full pickaxe. He just has like <laughs> the back end of a pickaxe. I know this poor guy. Which is great. When they touched the water and one of them went, Gosh, it's wet. <laughs> it's water. Yeah, none of the dwarves seem to be particularly intelligent. Like, are all of you Dobie? <laughs> Doc should know about it. <laughs> he should. He's a doctor after all. Also, it kind of bothered me that they weren't all like e e e e e. It was like grumpy, sleepy, dopey, bashful, <laughs> and then happy, sneezy, Doc, Doc. <laughs> Bill, Bill, <laughs> Joseph. Um, they, they bathe and they eat. And then this is where we go back to the queen. Yes. And this is where she transforms herself, right? She asks the mirror. She's like, mirror, mirror, hanging on the wall. Who's the fairest of them all. And he's like, it's still Snow White. And she's in the forest with some dwarves. Yeah. And then she's like, but what about this? (laughs) And he's like, that's a pig's heart. Yeah. (laughs) Sounds like you should have asked me earlier. (laughs) (laughs) I know. And she's like, what? And we don't see the huntsman getting punished for this. Also, what poor pig had to die? Yeah, <laughs> I think they. I think in um in the hit TV show Once Upon a Time they okay. do they go more into deep. Like the Huntsman's like a fleshed out character in that. I see. There's also the film Snow White and the Huntsman that I have never seen and don't plan on seeing. Uh, same. You don't have to cover <laughs> it in this podcast. It's not no, a Disney it's movie. not a Disney movie. <laughs> in the words of animated. Mm-mm. And I know a lot of people really like it, so don't yell at me. I also thought I wrote down this is abuse for them drowning grumpy <laughs> yeah <laughs> just forcing him that way and that soap gag with dopey oh yeah when he was grabbing the soap and it was flying everywhere and then it hit the thing and it, like went down his throat and he was hiccuping bubbles yeah that went on for a very long time it did does she transform now or do they cut back to i believe she does yeah she does transform now because i wrote down tra- transformation looked really cool yeah i liked it mm-hmm. i liked that her crow i guess had never experienced her do anything scary because her crow is scared of everything she does. Well, I mean, I don't think she's done anything scary. She hasn't had to. Yeah, maybe, but she has a bunch of, like, dark magic stuff in there. I figured she had to have done something scary at some point. Maybe at some point, but they're all covered in webs. They clearly haven't been touched in quite a while. Fair enough. We love that in-depth commentary that you get on this podcast. (laughs) But there are webs on it, so. (laughs) True. I don't know. (laughs) <laughs> true true okay moving on <laughs> so then they go back and they do this is the segment that like it really killed my momentum for it the dwarf dance oh my word it took so long it took so long i i kind of zoned out until it was done i'm not gonna lie. i did too i might have skipped through it <laughs> 
it was that was the point i got to that point in the movie and i was like i'm i honestly i thought i'm about to fall asleep i had to take a break <laughs> for a minute yeah but when that part of the movie hit because i was like i'm not going to be able to take the rest of this movie the gag um, with grumpy's butt on the stool that was also an accordion oh yeah that was weird <laughs> that was weird and the i loved sneezy and dopey in the the tall man costume i thought that was super cute yeah i wrote down skull gag what was the skull gag oh, oh the crow was in the skull yeah that was really mm. funny i liked that, that a was, lot that was funny oh i also liked one of their adam's apple was going crazy when they're yeah. when they were singing that was really oh funny. yeah that was great um, the animals in the window during the dancing segment looked high they're like <laughs> they had like that open like mouth like look yeah. to them mm-hmm yeah, it was just I don't know. That was that's kind of where the movie kind of gets a mess for me is that there's it's just it's really not that long, but it starts to feel really long about the time when you get to the dwarves finding Snow White in, in their house. Yeah, um, which is unfortunate because that's the next like twenty five to thirty minutes of the movie. <laughs> Honestly, no, the setup is awesome. I really like yeah. the movie. I think it's a good movie. I think it's a great movie, but I do agree that it slows down significantly. Mm-hmm when we get to the dancing scene. Um, but then after that is when the dwarves leave for work. So White kisses them on the forehead. And then Grumpy gets a kiss on the forehead. He like polishes his forehead and he's like, you yeah, know, maybe I'll get a kiss on the forehead. No. She's starting to grow on him. And they're like, don't let anyone in the house. And then this old old lady who is the evil queen in disguise rolls up and is like, hey, <laughs> let me in the house. Oh, let me so in, said, let me in. <laughs> And so I said, okay. I don't know why she didn't pick, like, not that it matters because, I mean, it worked, but she yeah. didn't pick, like, a nicer looking old woman. Yeah. <laughs> she was so mean looking. Yeah, she was mean. I mean, in the original story, she shows up as, like, a bunch of different characters. Oh, really? Like, when she, yeah, when she shows up as with the apple, she's, like, a farmer's wife. Interesting. And a bunch of other stuff like that. Yeah. Interesting. So yeah, she goes in and then she offers Snow White an apple, an apple that will make all of her wishes come true. Mm -hmm. She takes a bite out of it. And Snow White's only wish right now is for the prince, who Mm -hmm. she barely met and ran away from. Oh, also, I I had a note that when she gives her the apple, she tells her it's for a wish. Mm -hmm. And then it cuts to the dwarves and the animal's going to get the dwarves to come help Snow White. But it comes back and it it appears (laughs) the way they do it, it makes it seem like Snow White's been talking for like 20 minutes about her wish (laughs) because she's like still holding the apple and the witch is like, okay, go, yes, yeah, go. Come on, just t- just bite it, <laughs> like mm-hmm. just do it. And I like to think that she's just been rambling about <laughs> rambling for like, twenty minutes about a prince yeah. that she has met for two. Yeah, <laughs> he just he looked at me, and that's all that happened. And she just keeps saying that over and over. Yeah, over and over. She's like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, great, eat it. Thank you. Yeah, please. <laughs> and at this point, I'm just gonna tell you it's gonna kill you. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just shoves it down the throat. And then she takes a bite out of the apple, and we don't. See see her take the actual bite we see her put her mouth to it and then it cuts to the witch and then she's like oh oh i don't feel so good i don't feel good at all and the witch is like yes and then snow white drops and we don't see that either we always see is the arm hit the ground and then the apple roll out Mm -hmm. of the hand and then the dwarves show up yeah and they like try to chase the witch off but the but the evil queen gets away they come back and then they're like, they are real sad. <laughs> well, yeah. Be- because they're like their new best friend who's been cooking and cleaning for them and taking care of them. For like uh, a day. Yeah. A whole day. And then they build her a, a coffin out of glass. 
and gold. They do that, but not before they chase the witch off a cliff and the witch dies. That's right. I I did forget about that, even though I just said that that was really brutal. (laughs) (laughs) They chase her off. They chase her up a cliff. She falls off the cliff and then a boulder rolls off the cliff and slams onto the evil queen and then vultures fly down and then presumably eat her. Ate her. Yeah, that's how it goes. And that happens so fast. She's like, here's an apple and then she runs and dies. (laughs) She got no satisfaction. One thing that I I really liked, and I don't remember if they do this for the building a coffin, if they do this for the transition (laughs) in between Queen Death to Prince arriving, Mm -hmm. but at the beginning and the end of the movie, they're using like a real book for like the prologue and epilogue, which I thought was really cool. And I I didn't, I I meant to look this up, but I didn't. I was really curious to see like if that prop like still exists and like where it is now. Oh, like it's real? That was a real book. Was it? It it looked super real or i'm crazy but i'm pretty sure that was a real book well i know they did the book opening for a lot of movies yeah uh i didn't like i liked the book opening i didn't like the star wars scroll at the beginning and the end oh yeah (laughs) i wasn't a fan of like the this is snow white and now the dwarves didn't want to bury her because she's so pretty. So they put her in a glass cage that they just stare at every day for quite a while. Yeah, they hold an eternal vigil for her. Yeah. They just, they're just sad every day. <laughs> Even Happy is sad. Yeah. And then they just says, the prince heard about this. And I'm like, like, and this kind of goes back to the to the dwarves, like, live in this, like, supposed town. Like, do they go into town? And they're like, yeah, there's this uh, girl. Mm-hmm. She was really pretty. And she was killed by the queen. And Maybe. now she's in a coffin in the forest and we're sad every day. Maybe other people can talk to the deer. Maybe. Mm-hmm. Maybe the prince talks to deer. That's true. The, the rules of this universe are not clear. He rolls up singing his song, the same song he was singing at the beginning. Uh, goes up and he's like, oh, this is so sad. Gives her a, gives her a little smooch. I'm going to kiss this dead person. Yeah, that, I, that I've, I met for two minutes total. Then she wakes up, comes back to life, and then... Jumps in his arms? The prince... Yep, and then she and the prince ride off to... It almost looks like an allegory for them both dying because of how, like, bright and golden in, in the sky this castle was. But they lived happily ever after. They did, the end. The end. And that's the story. And we talked a lot about the artistry and the animation during all that. We thought the artistry yeah. was amazing. Mm-hmm. The animation still, like, holds up today. And I think that's, like, a testament to 2D animation in general, that it'll always hold up. All right, so let's talk about the impact in, that this movie has had. It's I mean, it, it started the Disney movie, you know, empire mm-hmm. basically. So it's re- that's really cool that it. This is the first movie, and now we're on Frozen two, and then it's gone for like eighty plus years. It's insane. It's really insane. I have some like fun facts about the legacy that I can share. Go for it. So the movie has been adapted into two theme park attractions. The first is Snow White's Scary Adventure, which was actually horrifying, I hear. And then more recently, the Seven Dwarfs Mine Train, which is really cool. It was actually adapted into a Broadway musical. Oh, really? In the 70s. Okay. So I think it's one of the first Disney movies actually adapted into a Broadway musical. Huh. It ran at Radio City Music Hall in 1979 and 1980. So that and was, it was like it was a Disney produced Broadway musical. Mm-hmm. Oh wow! But I think it was it preceded the actual development of Disney theatrical productions with Beauty and the Beast in the nineties. So Snow White was such a big hit when it was released that it actually compelled MGM to greenlight The Wizard of Oz. 
Oh, wow. Yeah. So because MGM wanted to compete on the same level of fantasy films and family-friendly genres that Disney was starting. That's cool. So we probably wouldn't have Wizard of Oz if Snow White wasn't in existence. We wouldn't have a lot of things. It truly was like a pioneering movie. <laughs> like, it was. Because it had never been done before. No. I mean, not even just the whole animated thing. As a genre, it would, didn't mm-hmm. exist. Like fantasy movies, to that extent, yeah. didn't exist. Family-friendly movies like that didn't exist. Yeah, it was just for adults. Yeah. So it's. I think it's a really cool situation. And I mm-hmm. really, really enjoyed this movie other than the 18-minute long dance sequence that I skipped yeah, through. Yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. And I really I liked the music and the animation style. But it was just, I got, I got bored real quick about the time it hit the dwarf bath scene. And I didn't get back into it until, like, the queen showed up at Snow White's house. I kind of picked back up again when the... Uh, queen is transforming and then she does that like i see it, like, this gif all the time of when she's going down the cellar door and mm-hmm. she's like laughing and she's like ha 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 and the cellar door closes on her um but uh it's one of those things where like i definitely appreciate its impact and what it is in its history but it's not <laughs> it's not something i'd go to like watch well, that's okay i really like how it combines funny cartoony comedy with the dwarves and actual storytelling with snow white I thought it did a very good job of meshing those things together Mm because sometimes in cartoons, especially in like the 90s, it was a little much. You're not really adding anything to it. They're not like earned gags. Speaking of earned gags, this is a purposeful segue. Disney had people called gag men and they were animators who who had to pitch gags for the movie. They would send out things, memos every day to people. Like, this is the kind of gag we need. This is what we're working on in the scene. And then they would receive different submissions for it with little thumbnail sketches on them and then a description of what the gag would be. So this is like stuff for the soap going everywhere and like swallowing the soap, stuff like that. And if they submitted a gag and it was used for the movie, they would receive $5 as a bonus. And if it was used for a whole sequence, like the gag with the soap, then they would receive $10. Oh, wow. Yeah. So that's interesting. They received thousands of gag submissions like over the course of production. That's really cool. I like that concept of just like, what, what's a funny animation bit you can do? Yeah. So I thought that was fun. That is fun. I like that. So that's Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs then. It is. All seven of them. Yes. This is our first movie to review, so we're not going to actually rank it in terms of the other movies that we reviewed. So this is probably, I will say, my favorite and least favorite movie we've reviewed so far. (laughs) Yeah, so far. So far. It meets both criteria. Yeah. I hated it and loved it at the same time. Mm -hmm. I didn't actually hate it. No, I didn't either. No, it was great. Uh, Next time, Austin, we'll be talking about Pinocchio. Pinocchio! Pinocchio! Which is hysterical because me and Austin met during a production of Pinocchio in college. (laughs) So it'll be like reliving those old times, except not really because it was a very different story. We'll see. I haven't seen the movie. Not really very different. Yeah, Austin played Geppetto, who was the narrator. Austin's role was weird. It was like... He was the narrator of the story. Okay, rewind. So it was a troop of actors traveling in like the early 1900s through like the windy mountains and they come across an old puppet theater and Austin's there and he's like, hello, welcome 
to my puppet theater. And we're like, oh my God. And we're like, we're actors. We like to act. And he's like, oh, you can act out my story. I'll tell my story. And then he narrates the story of Pinocchio while also playing Geppetto. And at the end, it is revealed that Austin, as the narrator, is actually Pinocchio as a real boy later on in his life. And Geppetto's just chilling up in the attic somewhere. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I'll probably tell that story again in more detail next time. Yeah. And I played a puppy dog. <laughs> I was the star. But yeah, everyone who left that uh, play was like, Alidoro is my favorite character in any work any of fiction. Play ever. <laughs> One, it was for children's theater, so we did a bunch of performances of it. And as kids were leaving, we'd say hi to them. And I was in a full, I was in a mask for the dog, and I had different costume on for the dog than I did when I was in the lobby. And this kid came out, and she was like, who the puppy? And I said, I'm the puppy. And then she looked at me and she went, mm-hmm. And then kept walking and she was about six years old. So, <laughs> so It's have, great. We have plenty of funny stories about interacting with children after shows, don't we, Austin? We do. Yes. Anyway. So, anyway. That's all for this week. It is. I believe. I don't, do you have any closing notes, Austin? I do, well, actually, I might, I might have one. Um... Never mind. No, I don't. I was trying to find a last minute use for the laugh track and I couldn't think of anything off the top of my head. Oh my god. <laughs> I do also have a, a boo. Um, I have a crowd booing and then I was going to use it for the uh, question segment, but I didn't get around to it. But I have like a like a correct ding and an incorrect um, oh. So hopefully we can use the soundboard uh, the to future. help accentuate. Oh my god. You know what, if we ever tell a joke that like neither, like it doesn't land for either of us, we can, mm -hmm. we'll just wait a second and I'll just add the laugh track in there. I like so it. people know that it's funny and they're supposed to laugh. Yeah. And then they'll laugh at home and we'll know. It, they will. Our heart will go flutter and we'll be like, the joke landed. <laughs> oh my. So yeah. Do you want to let, let the people go with a, with a song from Snow White? Sure. We can <clears> let them go with like the hand washing song. And I have to look up the lyrics. The dwarf's washing song. Step up to the tub, taint no disgrace. Just pull up your sleeves and get them in place. Then scoop up the water and rub it in your face and go. Pick up the soap now. Try don't don't try to bluff. Work up a lather and when you got enough, get your hands full of water and you snort and you snuff and go. You douse and souse, rub and you scrub. You sputter and splash all over the tub. You may be cold and wet when you're done, but you gotta admit it's good, a clean fun. I'm like doing <laughs> Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Thank you, thank you. Go splash all you like, taint any trick. As soon as you're through, you'll feel mighty slick. Bunch of old nanny golds, you're making me sick. Going blah, 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 dum, dum, ba, dum, bum, bum. Now scrub good and hard, ew. Okay, we're done. <laughs>